Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. On Open House, we're commemorating the end of the First World War, 100 years on. Well, the Salvation Army is distinguished by its military-style rankings. There's a really interesting story as to how the Salvation Army got its name and to why those rankings, that structure, that organisational structure, was suitable for the development of the church at the time. At the time of the First World War, the Salvation Army in Australia was still a new organisation, but it made a huge contribution to the war effort. It sent a contingent of nurses to serve in military hospitals overseas. It supplied ambulances and drivers to the front lines in Egypt and France. And a Salvation Army chaplain went with the very first troops to depart Australia and was with those men at Gallipoli, burying many of the fallen. He was one of the first of many Salvation Army officers to serve as war chaplains. That's a role that continues to this day. Major Brett Gallagher is the head of the Salvation Army's Red Shield Defence Services. Brett, welcome to Open House. Thank you very much, Stephen. Let's go back to the beginnings of the Salvation Army itself, because that, um, that in some ways creates the relationship between the Salvation Army and uh, the Defence Forces. So um, set up by William Booth. Um, That's tell correct. me about that. So uh, back in the late 1800s, um, William Booth saw a need of people that were um, in the east end of London that was really struggling and tried to get them to come along to to church, but they weren't welcomed. So he thought, I'm going to start (laughs) my own service for them and in the hope that once um, we have helped them with their problems with alcohol and and other things, Mm. that they will be accepted into the church. When they uh, became Christians, they said, we don't want to go to another church, and so the Salvation Army was born. And so why was it um, given a military structure? I think um, early on... um, we followed the Methodist because uh, that's the church that William Booth w- was in, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was called the general superintendent. What then happened was during the writing of one of the reports, because we were initially called the the Christian Mission, and during the writing of one of the reports, um, Bramwell, his son, was writing it and said, "The Christian Mission is a volunteer army." And William Booth looked over his shoulder, grabbed his pen and crossed out volunteer and put in salvation. And from that point, we started to take on a sort of a, a military-looking thing. So all our ministers are given uh, ranks. Uh, we started wearing uniforms and, and all those things that people would know about the Salvation Army. I've never, I've never asked that question before, but gosh, I'm glad I did. That's a really interesting answer. Came about almost by accident, but it pro- probably suited the, the mood of the times, though, as well, didn't it? Late 18th century. Yes, d- definitely, and and I think it it helped because there was very much a, a military culture, and they also um, then understood it gave us quick decision making and and those sorts of things, which helped us to expand quite quickly. So in those those last years of uh, 
the um, 19th century, we spread very quickly to many places around the world from the east end of London. Yes, and it was a church that went out to people. That's the point, because um, yes. Booth was saying, well, we're not just going to stand at the front of the door and invite people in. And when we do, actually, they're not made feel welcome. And you can't imagine that ever happening today, Brett. But <laughs> he wanted to <laughs> go out into the streets and, and work for the poor. So there, there's the the methodology that he established. Now, it wasn't long before the Boer War came along. Now, that, that was in 1899, at which stage the Salvation Army was still pretty much in its infancy. Yeah, so um, we'd already spread to many of the um, British colonies, and um, during the Boer War, William Booth wrote, you know, I, I have a heart divided because I have people on both sides of this war. So um, my, my children are on both sides. Whoever wins, I lose. Wow. And so he thought, you know, I need to do something about this. He um, said to one of the Salvation Army officers there, Adjutant Mary Murray, and some other officers, I want you to go to um, Cape Town in South Africa and serve... Uh, people that administer comfort and practical aid to the men of both army, armies and all those caught up in the war. Oh, for the men of both armies, that's interesting. Major Brett Gallagher is with us. He's the head of the Salvation Army's Red Shield Defence Service. Now, what do the Red Shield Defence Services do? So um, we're classed as uh, philanthropic workers in the uh, Australian Defence Force. So we come alongside uh, our serving men and women and provide uh, welfare comfort, just like they did all the way back in the Boer War. We're a, um, you know, a listening ear that's outside of the chain of command. So we have trucks that we call uh, our mobile hop-in centres and uh, they'll pull up uh, alongside um, and sometimes even when we don't know where there are soldiers and when we park and open the back door and open up our hot water and cold drinks, um, soldiers just come out of the bush from nowhere to, to get some refreshment. Hmm. Wow, and where are you doing that at the moment? So we have um, people based in units right across Australia, in Darwin, Townsville, Brisbane, Sydney, Canberra and Adelaide. And are you in the field with Australian troops in um, places like Afghanistan and so on? So um, we do deploy uh, to uh, the Middle East region, but we, mm. we don't go far forward like we used to back in, in our history, probably because, you know, many senior officers don't want to have to write the paperwork if a civilian is killed in in um, some of these places. Well, so it wasn't, that wasn't the case in Gallipoli, was it? Uh, not at all. So, so, so and in some ways, what, when they say Australia's national character was forged in Gallipoli, I wonder if some of the Salvation Army's own story was written at Gallipoli. I very much think so. Uh, there with um, Padre William Mackenzie and the the stories about what he did for the troops there at Gallipoli, I think is one of the, the strong stories of why there's this strong connection between the Salvation Army and Australian Defence Forces. So tell me a little bit about him. So he was a, a Salvation Army officer when the war broke out 
they tapped him on the shoulder and said, look, we we want you to go and support um, the guys overseas. He were, he became a chaplain, so he was um, became a chaplain in the military rather than a philanthropic worker like we are today. And so was responsible for, for doing all the work that military chaplains do. Um, and, but the stories are that over the, the course of the, the first few months of the Gallipoli campaign, he um, buried hundreds and hundreds of soldiers and was there um, helping soldiers to post letters home and all those sorts of things that, that just helped to, to lift a soldier's spirits. I, I read that he, um, in 10 days, the first 10 days of fighting, he buried 170 men. And yes. I'm just wondering, 170 people, imagine a room of 170 people, that's, that's a lot. Um, it is. And what, the impact of that, time after time after time, mm. what that would have been like. Yeah, it, it it's hard to imagine. And so, like, I think when I was running a Salvation Army Corps, a Salvation Army Church, I would possibly do a 100 funerals in a year. And in 10 days, he had um, more than that. It's just incredible. And uh, the strain on him would have been great. But I, I suppose uh, he saw the ministry and saw what was happening there and how he could be a support and be Christ's representative there uh, in probably one of the darkest places in Australian history. And he was prepared to do that. Well, let's go to that place then. What What do you say to people when they're at that place? It's a matter of their life and death, and especially if, they, if they're mortally wounded. I suppose you've you've just got to be there to to comfort them and let them know that it it will be okay, and I think to to just um, share with them if it is their final moments to to be be someone that that's uh, there that's showing love right to the very end. I think even when it doesn't have to be. Um, mortally wounded or something like that. Mm -hmm. Today, even when guys are out in the field practicing here in Australia, mm -hmm. you know, the cares of of home can sometimes weigh heavily on them. And just having someone to chat to, to maybe talk through their issues, to give them some guidance in where they can take that that problem, I think, is one of the things that just can help lift someone's spirits. At, at just that right time. Oh, and we know that um, keeping good mental health um, is critically important to um, to our returned men and women, and uh, you're playing a very big role there. We hope to, and, and we see that as one of the, the big contributions that we can mm. make, where that we can you know, show them that there are people that, are care, that care and that there's places that we can help them to find the help that they need at mm. that time. Mm. Well, Brett, thank you for what you do, and uh, thank you for talking to us about the role of the Salvation Army in times of conflict. Thank you very much, Stephen. God bless you. And God bless you. That's Major Brett Gallagher. He's the head of the Salvation Army's Red Shield Defence Services. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.